Dig a Bit, a podcast for women who want to dig into the meat of God's Word for a bit. We are glad you have taken a few minutes out of your day to listen. Our host is Cindy Colley from thecolleyhouse.org. Now grab your Bible and let's dig in. Hello there. It is the very end of the month of April, and this is Dig a Bit number four for our study of authority for April of 2019. We are studying what about the stuff that's not in there. And really we are studying this month the four ways that we get authority for the things that we do. And in worship and in our lives, in the organization of the body of Christ. And as I think about these things, I want you to challenge me. I want you to challenge this logic. I want you to... Uh, in your mind think is there any other way that God could authorize us or give us permission to do something than these four ways that we've listed this month or if one of these ways is superfluous if one of these ways is a way that does not give us authority to do something if if one of these ways you think is erroneous I would I would love to hear from you because as I've searched the scriptures as I have tried to really define the way that we get God's permission to do something especially in worship to him I can see that these are logically the four ways that God authorizes us gives us permission puts his authority seal his name on an activity or presentation that we might give to him before we talk about those four specific ways today though i wanted us to think for a minute about exclusivity in religion as it relates to authority and that is that some of you have responded you know but cindy you're you're drawing lines of scripture here that would exclude so many people so many religious people so many conscientious good-hearted people would be excluded from pleasing god if we really lay down these principles of authority from the bible what about exclusivity is new testament christianity an exclusive religion well, I want to just challenge you to think this morning as I'm speaking with you about, about the exclusivity that you already, if you are in any way submitting to Christ in your life, if you are an adherent of Christendom, you're already exclusive. Think about that with me. If you are a Christian today, in any sense of that word then you're excluding idolatrous worship such as might happen in buddhism you are exclusive of the buddhist religion because you are ascribing to christendom you're ascribing to a religion that belongs to christ if you are a christian you are are exclusive of the Muslim religion you would have to be because the Muslim religion of course is in opposition to Christ the Lord and Savior the King of Kings in the Christian religion if you are an inherent of the Christian religion you're exclusive of Judaism 
of the applications and adherence to Judaism in the 21st century. I mean, Judaism the way it was described in prescribed by God in the Old Testament as a religion that was leading up to as a schoolmaster for the Christ. I mean, you're not offering sacrifices today. You're not burning incense in your worship. If you are a Christian, you're excluding Judaism. You're excluding a lot of, you're excluding atheism and agnosticism. If you're an inherent of Christianity, you're excluding hedonism, that religion, quote unquote, that allows us to just do as we please, whatever brings us joy and fulfills the passions of, hum of the human being. You're excluding a lot of things if you say, I am a Christian. It's just a matter of where we draw the, that line of exclusion. It's just a matter of being sure in my conscience that I'm drawing that line in the same place that God would draw it. And I know that God's drawing of that line is in a much, I'm going to say, a much more exclusive, it's in a much more narrow place than most of the people in the world of Christendom would like to acknowledge today. After all, it was Jesus himself who in Matthew 7, 13 said that there is a narrow way that leads to life and few there are that find it. There's a broad way that leads to eternal destruction and many there are that go in there at. In that same chapter, he said, many people will say unto me, Lord, Lord, we're talking about religious people here. We're talking about people who recognize Jesus as Lord. And many of those people would say, Lord, Lord, didn't we do these wonderful works in your name? Didn't we do this, Lord, to bring you glory? And yet the Lord will exclude those people, verse 21 of Matthew 7, from eternal life. I want to just present to you that biblically, New Testament Christianity is exclusive. And it is, from Matthew 7, not only exclusive of idolatrous religions, of hedonistic um, pursuits of life. It's not only exclusive of Buddhism and the Muslim religion. Christianity is exclusive of, true Christianity is exclusive of many who think they are glorifying God. That has to be true from Matthew 7, verse 21, and from Matthew 7, 13 and 14 and following. So it is important that we understand not only that Christianity is exclusive, but that we search the words, search the scriptures to find out exactly where that line of exclusion exists. And you say, Cindy, but you're being narrow. I want to be just as narrow as Matthew 7, 13, 14 would have me to be because I want to be sure that I and the people over whom I might have any small bit of influence might understand the very narrow way that Jesus spoke about in Matthew 7, 13, and 14. That's what love would have me to do, and that's what I try to do, even though sometimes it is difficult. 
Secondly, about exclusivity, we should understand that man is the agent of choice. You get to pick whether you are in the exclusive crowd, if you will, which is on the narrow way to eternal life. We are the ones who get to choose that. Unlike the doctrine of Calvinism that would have God being the one who is looking down and electing, just electively picking out the people who are going to have eternal life. Unlike that concept, the New Testament teaches us that our God, 2 Peter 3, 9, is long-suffering, not willing that any should perish. Whosoever will, let him come to me. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. The exclusivity of New Testament Christianity is based on our choices, human choices, not on the choice of God, because God has opened up the gospel according to his rules, his parameters, his authority to all people. And thirdly, we need to understand that the word of God is explicit before excluding. The word of God is always explicit, making clear the path that we should choose before excluding those who don't choose that path. And that's why logically, as I studied this subject this month, I picked out four criteria. If the answer to any of the four is yes, then we have God's sanction to perform it in worship or in service to God. Is it commanded? Well, if it's commanded, we have to do it. Is it something that is absolutely necessary in order to obey an exact command? As we demonstrated with Noah, in order to build that ark of acacia wood, he had to have certain tools. Those trees just weren't going to fall down, saw themselves up into boards and nail themselves together and pitch themselves. There were tools that were required, so those were authorized tools. Is it used, number three, to accomplish an exact command? That is, is it a tool that makes the keeping of a command efficient? Is it a tool that makes the keeping of a command I want to use the right word here. I want to say, is it a tool that makes the keeping of an exact command easier for us while not veering off into some other non-authorized activity? Is it a tool that's used to accomplish an exact command? If so, then there is the authority for it. For instance, a meeting place to keep the command of assembling. We have to have some meeting place to keep the command for assembling. And sometimes the easiest thing to do is to have a building in which we assemble together. That's keeping the the command to assemble together. Those trays that we pass around in our worship assembly with the fruit of the vine and the bread for our communion Those are things that are efficient tools to do the exact command that God has given us. 
If we were using those tools, though, to pass around some other substance, a hot dog or a hamburger or whatever it might be, then we'd be doing something other than the exact command. So if it is a tool used to accomplish the exact command, then we have permission to use that. Is there some, fourthly, approved example in the New Testament? Is there an approved example? If so, if it was approved for New Testament Christians, then it would be approved for us. The example that we have in 1 Corinthians 11 of them coming together and cutting in line before each other to try to fill their stomachs at the Lord's Supper was not approved. It's an example, but it's not an approved example. But we have many approved examples, hundreds of them in the New Testament. Is it okay to eat together as a group? Acts 2.42 is an approved example of that. Is it okay to sell our individual possessions to help those in the congregation who are in need? Acts 2. They did that, so it was an approved example. They were pleasing to God. Is it okay to sing praises outside of our Sunday morning worship? Well, Acts 16, those people, those apostles who were in jail, those disciples who were in jail, rather, Paul and Silas, they were singing praises in jail. Of course, that's okay. An approved example. Is it okay for women to teach alongside their husbands in private Bible studies? Well, that's what Aquila and Priscilla did for Apollos in Acts chapter 18, verses 25 and 26. When I have an approved example then, that's the fourth way that I get permission. I would invite you, if you find another way that we get authorized permission to engage in an activity, I, I want to know that. But examining Scripture and realizing that Jesus said it is exclusive. It was exclusive in Nadab and Abihu's time when they were excluded because they brought in a different fire. They were doing everything right but that one thing, but they brought in an unauthorized fire, as some translations have even stated it. If Noah had decided to use a different kind of wood, violating an exact command, then his obeisance to God would have been excluded. He would not have pleased God. So let's keep in mind the exclusivity, examine the scriptures, and draw the lines of authority where God has drawn them. Does Cindy Colley always get this right? No, not necessarily. But it is my purpose and it is, it is my plan for life to be in the Word and to continually strive to seek to have the stamp of God's authority on everything that I do, particularly as I try to bring acceptable worship to my God. Thanks for listening. I hope you have a great day. If you find yourself in Huntsville, Alabama, we'd love for you to worship with us at West Huntsville Church of Christ at Providence, 1519 Old Monrovia Road, Northwest. Sunday morning worship begins at 9 a.m., followed by Bible classes for all ages. We meet again at 5 p.m. for evening worship and at 7 on Wednesday night. Dig a Bit is a production of Digging Deep in God's Word, a Bible study for women. For more information, visit thecolleyhouse.org.